This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate, so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12th grade curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. If you want to bring IXL to your school, you can learn more at IXL.com backslash B-E. That's IXL.com backslash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, activity periods, RTI, therapy, and teacher appointments, and much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE. This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions for raising kind, successful, well-adjusted human beings, and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive, accepting place now and for future generations. Hey there, it's Dr. Karen, and welcome to episode 22 of the Are They 18 Yet podcast. In this episode, I have an amazing guest, DJ Stutz from the Imperfect Heroes podcast. DJ is also an early childhood education teacher and the CEO of Little Hearts Academy, a company that does parent coaching and provides all sorts of support for parents who want to raise healthy, happy kids. This episode is actually the first of a two-part series of our interview. And in this part of the conversation, we got into all sorts of good topics, especially how to help your child find their unique talents in a way that both encourages them and teaches them about resilience. We talk about the importance of apologizing to your child and also talk about some things that are common practices in parenting that the DJ actually does not recommend. And we'll talk about what those mistakes are and what to do instead. And then we wrap up by talking about the importance of setting boundaries with your kids for purposes of both managing behaviors and also modeling healthy communication and relationships to your kids. One of the really interesting things that DJ mentioned is that 
oftentimes we need to, as parents, communicate the expectations that we want to see in our child's behavior, including what done looks like and what steps we want to see them taking in a particular task, whether it be going to the grocery store, whether it be cleaning up after themselves, whether it be doing other things around the house. It all comes down to those expectations. But the thing is, is that some kids have a harder time following through with those types of things, even when they see you modeling them, and even when there are certain things that you think they should be doing by themselves already. A lot of times the breakdown happens because kids are having a hard time sensing time and figuring out a strategy for executing whatever it is you're asking them to do, even if it seems like a simple task that they should know what to do by now. Many times it can be easy to assume that our kids are just not listening to us because they want to be difficult or because they're choosing to, when really it comes down to communicating expectations and also giving them the skills that they need in order to do that task independently. So that's what I actually show you how to do with my time tracking journal. If you have a child that appears to be procrastinating or not motivated to do things like homework, chores, things like that, or if they get really overwhelmed when you ask them to do things on their own and need a lot of hand-holding, the Time Tracking Journal is going to help you to walk your kids through that task and teach them the skills that they need in order to do things independently. All you need to do to grab the time tracking journal is go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash time journal, and you'll be able to grab your copy. Again, that's drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash time journal. For now, please enjoy this interview with DJ Stutz. Today, I am joined by DJ Stutz from the Imperfect Heroes podcast. So first of all, thank you so much for being here with me today. No problem. I'm glad to be here. So why don't we just start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So I have the podcast that you just mentioned. We drop our new episodes on Mondays. I am also the founder and CEO of a group called Little Hearts Academy USA. We have a website under that same name, um, www.littleheartsacademyusa.com, and where you can get a lot of events for free that we talk about a lot of different issues. We do parent coaching. You can sign up for parent coaching sessions and group coaching sessions. And we also even have some resources for the little kids with uh, stories and songs and things that I do. I'm also an early education teacher at Douglas County School District. And I teach a class with 90% of my kids have special needs. So that's really fun and exciting. I love that job. I'm the mother of five, grandma to 12. Wow. And when, <laughs> yeah. And when you put my husband's family and my family together, we have 70. Nieces oh and my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, kids are my life. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't known anything else. So you have five children of your own. Yes. And so what are the age ranges of all of your kids? Oh my gosh. They'll kill me for saying my, <laughs> <laughs> my oldest will be 42 in a few weeks. 
and my youngest is 26 and everything in between there. And then I've got my oldest granddaughter just on Tuesday turned 20. (laughs) It's so sad. (laughs) Um, And my youngest is only two years old. So we'll see you. There might be some more coming down the road, but yeah, free right now. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you keep yourself busy. Yes, I do. (laughs) So (laughs) I wanted to ask a little bit about some of the, because you just launched Imperfect Heroes this week, and I saw Mm -hmm. some really interesting episodes so far. But I wanted to, I was just wondering what the, what the mission is, like, what's the purpose behind the show and what, Mm -hmm. what's your goal with that? Well, with Imperfect Parents, or I'm sorry, Imperfect Heroes, we talk about imperfect parents um, that are just trying their best and looking for ways to improve, get some new ideas, maybe. I have a mixture of specialists that come on the show, as well as just parents telling their story as they've done some things. In fact, this Monday's episode is on raising strong daughters, and it's actually a niece of mine. She just graduated from high school and is going to college on a full ride scholarship with soccer and softball. But she was also the kicker on the varsity football team and kicked the game winning field goal for, for that varsity game. She's just very comfortable in her skin. And I'm just looking for, or hoping to help parents see that everyone's trying. Nobody's perfect. Here's some information that can help you. Here's some stories we can share that might inspire you. But most of all, we just want to encourage you and let you know that if you're trying, you're doing great. I think a lot of times there's the worry of, am I doing it wrong? Like, is this is this the right way? Am I going to make a mistake? Yeah. Do you find that yeah. a lot? Yeah, I, I do, um, especially with kids who have some special needs. And parents are often worried that, well, they're not doing this or that. Well, everybody has a place where they shine. I don't care how involved their learning needs are. Every child has a place to shine. And my job as a teacher is to help them find that and then develop it. And parents are a big part of that process. So my middle daughter has two kids and she came to me one time and said, I'm so worried that my child might be a genius at something, but I never give them a chance to explore that because it's not something that I would think of, you know, and if they are a genius in something that will find its way to come out. And so all you have to do is really pay attention to them and, and you'll see where they are and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes it's the whole growth mindset versus fixed mindset is Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not a matter of, are they born a genius and you're not Mm -hmm. allowing them to explore it. It's more do you encourage them to try things and and right. get through that uncomfortable phase of not being good at it, but then getting better mm-hmm. at it with practice? Right. And in fact, that's one of the points that Dan and Sunny brought up in the episode that's coming out Monday. It was exactly that, giving them a chance to explore things that they're interested in and sticking with it long enough to see if this is really something you like or don't like. The, the the interesting thing is him saying we were not perfect in any way. I blew it so many times. And what I love that he said was I had to apologize a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And a lot of parents, I think sometimes they forget the apology part. Like you deserve better. I could have handled that better. You know, let's do a do-over or something like that. But um, those are important, even when they're little, even at two and three years old to say, you know, I'm sorry, I got so mad. Yeah, because I think it's then when they're parents, when that child is a parent, Mm -hmm. they feel like, oh, I can't apologize or I have to be perfect because my parents never acted like they did anything wrong. So now I have to be perfect when that's not really true. Not only does it help them with their future parent-child relationships, but it helps them in in their marital relationships too. If you can tell your spouse, dang, I'm sorry, I blew it. I was just really tired or whatever. That goes a long way to making you know, a safe place for these kids to grow up and, and feel safe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if they feel, especially if they see that happen between right. parents or, you know, between partners. And mm-hmm. I think that part is really important to model that because if they only see yelling and they never see any reconciliation, then mm-hmm. they won't ever learn how to do it. Right. And, and also if they never see an angry moment or a frustrated moment between parents. And so they grow up. I've had so many people my age and younger, um, but you know, probably in their forties and up Mm -hmm. say that they never saw their parents fight. And so when their marriage was having some troubles, they thought the sky was falling because my parents never fought what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. And they didn't learn how to reconcile things. Mm-hmm. because they were never even exposed to it. So there's, you know, there's a fine line to walk with uh, having your kids understand that, yeah, uh, relationships are hard and relationships sometimes have difficult moments, but relationships are also fantastic and wonderful. And this is how you can fix it if something's wrong. It doesn't matter whether it's your fault or not. I love that saying, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Right, exactly. Exactly. Or do you want to be right? Or do you want to be married? <laughs> I've heard Exactly. That. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been married now. Well, this will give away a lot of my age, probably. I'll just start it with I was very young. But um, yeah, we, we just had our 43rd. Wow, that's exciting. Anniversary. And I'm still crazy in love with this guy. But it wasn't easy. And there were, and there were times when I really thought we're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sticking with it and learning to concentrate and put my attention and this works as a parent too, learning to concentrate and put my attention on what are they amazing at, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, Oh, they're always hitting. Oh, they're biting. Oh, they say bad words. Oh, you know, they're trying to jump off too many things. They're adrenaline junkies. I know all about adrenaline junkies. <laughs> my kids are all adrenaline junkies, but um, so instead of looking at that negative, in fact, when I got down to, because I was really just having such a hard time with my family life, I started writing in a journal every night. One thing that was wonderful that happened, there was something I was thankful for. And that really helped me a lot. And sometimes it was about one of the kids, sometimes something at work, sometimes something about my husband. But when I started looking for things that I could write about, it really made a difference. And in fact, um, one night, it'd just been a horrible day. <laughs> my 
kids were all crazy and, you know, one was throwing up and you know how those days go. Mm -hmm. And I sat down to try and write something at night and I thought, I have nothing to write. There's nothing good this day. And I'm a very faithful woman. And I just felt the inspiration in my heart. How dare you say that? You have a roof over your head. You have cars to drive you where you need to go. You're living in Las Vegas and you have air conditioning. We lived in Vegas for 20 years oh, and yeah. you know, we need air I conditioning mean, there. <laughs> oh my gosh, for sure. And there was a pool in my backyard. So there were so many things for me to be grateful for um, that sometimes when you've had a really bad day and you can't think of, you know, some of those social things, I'm mad at my husband, I'm tired of my kids and this and that. Maybe you do need to think of just some of the other things. I've got, I've got good friends. I've got a sister that I get along with really well, you know, and those are the things you write down and you realize that your life is filled with joy. And I really want parents to see the joy that is connected to parenting and, and really anything that just comes too easily isn't really valued. It's the stuff that we have to fight for and work hard on and do all that homework and all that research and and you're working so hard for it that's when you truly value something mm-hmm. and not when it comes easy so we learn more from our failures than we do our successes I think that's a good lesson to share with your kids as well especially mm-hmm. with a lot of a lot of your students that you work with if they get some kind of specialized services I yeah. think the number one the the idea that, having to work for something is, is normal. It's something that you have to do. It's not a reason to give up on something. And mm-hmm. also the positive, the, the just focusing on the positive, because if you have, and, and any parents that have a child who, who does have an IEP or has some kind of a diagnosis, so, mm-hmm. you know, again, ADHD, autism, learning disabilities, other things that are going to impact the way that they function. A lot of times those kids are, they're told what they're not doing well way more often than they're told what they're doing well, especially with somebody who, you know, if they do have ADHD, they do tend to have some, have some things that impact their ability to self-regulate. And so it's a lot of, don't do this, don't touch that, sit still, do this, do that. And it's a lot of correction and not a lot of, oh, hey, you did that really well. So I think a lot of times those kids need, they're, they're just really starved for that positive, those positive Mm -hmm. comments. Well, and two kids, if all they hear are these negative comments, I've literally seen parents call their child a monster in front of the child, or he's so mean, or she's so manipulating or whatever. And, you know, if your parents say that, you're going to believe them mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're going to act accordingly. And I had, uh, I've had several actually little kids that um, in kindergarten, I've spent more time teaching kindergarten than anything else. But um, in kindergarten, I would have kids that were struggling with behaviors or making rough decisions. And I would talk to them individually and say, hey, listen, I know you are a good kid and I'm here to help you. And sometimes these kids will just lose it and start screaming, I am not a good kid. I am the bad kid. And that's how they've self-identified. And and so to try and get them to change that self-identity is hard because that's whom they've 
accepted they are. And it somehow makes their world right. Um, mm-hmm. Because my mom isn't treating me well, or my dad isn't treating me well, because of this. And then that justifies the mom and dad. So they're more worried about justifying their mom and dad's position instead of looking at who they really are, Mm -hmm. even at five years old. It's, it breaks my heart. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought since you mentioned that, I wanted to ask you about one of the episodes that you just recently published about things that you shouldn't say, or it was 10 things. Yeah. Yeah. Things that you shouldn't say to your kids or mistakes that, that parents make. I thought Mm -hmm. maybe this would be a good segue to talk about some of those things that you mentioned on that episode. Yeah. Um, actually the first thing that I talk about in that episode is good job. (laughs) Yeah. Positive. Good job (laughs) to, to your kid. And, but how are they going to repeat that or replicate that if they don't really understand what made that a good job? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so instead of just saying good job, you might say, wow, I love the way you picked up your room. All the toys are off the floor. All your clothes are hung up or in the hamper. Tell them what it was that made it. Or if you see them being kind to a sibling or a pet or a neighbor kid, and you say, wow, Jimmy, good job. Well, what made it? I, I Rather than it's better to say, wow, Jimmy, I saw the way that you were treating Joey down the street and, and how you helped him pick up his bike when he, you know, fell off. And I was, I, that just made me feel very proud of you. And it lets me know that you, that's part of being a good person and being a good neighbor and you have those kind of conversations with them. And even at three, man, they, they pick up on that. They, they know, but just good job. It doesn't help them. They need to know how to replicate whatever it was that they did well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good advice because the feedback needs to be specific. And I think that that's mm-hmm. where a lot of parents get a little confused where it's like, oh, positive reinforcement, you're supposed to do it. So here's a piece of candy because you did whatever, but it's really not giving them the feedback that they need. The whole point of positive reinforcement is let me give you feedback and praise about something so that you know why Mm -hmm. it's a good thing to be doing. Right. Well, and sometimes we just, one of the things that my brother Dan talked about on the ones with the one with strong daughters Mm -hmm. um, was that a lot of times there are parents who don't communicate their expectations well, Mm, but then they get frustrated when those expectations aren't met. And so even if you're just taking your child into the grocery store, you say, okay, we're going into the grocery store. I need you to hold the list or whatever it is. I need you to stay close to me so that we can get this done, blah, blah, blah. But give them, tell them exactly what your expectations are. And then Danny said that once if the kids start veering off, you go back to them and say, Hey, do you remember what we talked about before we came in? Mm -hmm. This isn't it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back on track. Um, And those kind of conversations go much better than we all see. And and, and honestly, we've all done it. I am far from a perfect parent, Um, but I, but I have never stopped trying. And the sad news is even when you have a child that's 42, you still worry about them and, Mm -hmm. worry about their decisions and 
And, but it changes. It's more of a friendship than a parent child relationship. But anyway, you know, when, when you give them those, those actual, these are the steps, this is what we want. And the interesting thing I thought was Sunny was she said that having those clear guidelines and being held responsible for meeting those guidelines did two things for her. It helped her to trust and it helped her relationship with her parents. Mm, yeah. Because, because she, she the consistency. Mm-hmm. They knew it, they meant what they said. So it wasn't, I might get away with it. I might not, you know, it's mm-hmm. like gambling. Yeah. Right? I might win. I might not, but I'm, it's worth a try. So I'll put a hundred bucks down on the table or whatever. Um, it's kind of like that in the kid's mind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get away with it. Sometimes I don't, but it's worth the try. But if you're absolutely consistent in reinforcing and holding your child responsible um, in a way that is age and developmentally appropriate, then they know I can trust you. If you say this is going to happen, I trust you. And that gives you a confidence with your parent. And additionally, when she talked about that relationship, that the parent takes the time to show them what to do, to explain to them what to do, to make sure. And you're having that conversation, not in an angry way or a threatening way, or it's just, here's where we are. This is what we're going to do. And then when they do it and you come out of the store and you said, that was so helpful, the way that you held the list and helped me check things off. And I remember when you helped me count how many peaches we needed and we put them in. That was so helpful. And I really appreciate that you stuck to it. Very different conversation than the parent who just gets upset and starts yelling at them in public. Mm -hmm. How do you like being yelled at in public? (laughs) Yeah, not so much. (laughs) Exactly. Well, the kids are the same. Yep. And so, you know, and if you, if they veer off, like Danny said, you get down and say, this is what we talked about. And if you have to leave the store, the nice thing about stores is they pay people to put things back that were left in a cart. <laughs> exactly. You can just walk out mm-hmm. and then come back later when they're uh, feeling better or, you know, maybe when the other spouse can stay and watch them and you can go. Might not be the most convenient thing to do, but I'll tell you in the long run, it's going to save you a ton of time and emotional yeah, you know, drama. I think that's the hard thing is that sometimes it's so tempting to do the easy thing and mm-hmm. just, you know, hand them a hand them some candy or a device <laughs> or something to pacify them yeah. instead of which it's again, not I'm not saying that you can never have candy or use technology because obviously we're in a world where that's really prevalent, but at the same mm-hmm. time it can't be a babysitter. I think that the whole thing about communicating expectations is so important for a lot of the students that I've worked with because some kids do. I mean, yes, some people are a little bit better than implicitly figuring out what other people's expectations are, but it's just Mm -hmm. not really fair to kids to expect them to read your minds. And a lot of the kids that I've worked with, if they have, you know, issues with trying to figure out, all right, what are the steps in a task? And, um, Mm -hmm. or maybe having a hard time reading social situations. That makes it so much more difficult to figure out the expectations of the other person if the Mm -hmm. other person isn't clear in communicating them. And so I think that it's another thing 
as well that it helps the parent-child relationship, but also as far as just laying the groundwork for, hey, this is healthy communication in a relationship, for a friendship, for a romantic mm-hmm. relationship. And then they're, they are expecting those types of things or they're looking for partners and friends that have those qualities instead of people who are vague and yell at you when you don't do what they want you to do when they didn't tell you in the first place. <laughs> exactly. And, and another thing that works well with uh, younger kids um, in particular is practicing. Mm, yeah, for sure. So if you have, uh, you know, a two-year-old and they're playing with blocks and you can come and say, oh, what if I take your block? What are you going to do? How can you handle that? You know, or if they have a sibling in the home and you can help them, you know, with, oh, Susie just took that block and knocked down your castle, <laughs> you know? And so you can practice Um, Not only what to say to the child that took the block and knocked down the castle, but also to the child that took the block and locked down the castle Mm -hmm. and what they need to do to make it right. Mm -hmm. So you have to get the block back. You say, I'm so sorry I knocked down your castle. I know that you were working hard on it and let me help you fix it. And if the child says, no, 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 I don't want you to help me. That's okay, too. You don't have to get upset about that. That was just something they wanted to do themselves. And there's it's not a personal thing. And so you can say, okay, I'll be more careful around your castle in the future. And if you give these words to two and three-year-olds and you practice it and you, and you make it like a dramatic play Mm -hmm. kind of things, they enjoy, they enjoy dramatic play and they enjoy the interaction that they're having with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and they see that you care enough to try and make the the thing right. So I have five brothers and one sister and she is seven years younger than I am. And, um, we have yet to have an argument wow. in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Never even with growing up, never, but and part of it was seven years younger. She didn't take my clothes. I didn't have to worry about her with boyfriends. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the other part of it, and something my mom did really well, was she kept Sunny out of my stuff. She taught us all to be very respectful of each other's things. And in fact, I can remember one time I came home and little Sunny, she was probably, I don't know, six or seven. And she was near hysteronics when I got home, so upset because she had gone into my room and found this perfume bottle, very cheap perfume, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was in the shape of a cat. And some guy had given it to me, but Sonny had broken it. And my mom was like, oh, that's DJ's. Oh, she's going to be so sad. Her friend gave that to her. And so now she's teaching Sonny to own it Mm -hmm. and, and come and say, I broke it. Well, and, and I've always just loved that little sister so much. It's crazy. She has seven kids of her own now, but I, all I wanted to do was help her feel better. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay. But when, as a parent, you're teaching your children to respect each other's things and each other's space, what does that do to the relationship between the kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it res- helps them to understand boundaries I think absolutely yeah 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 and you don't have to scream and yell you don't need to spank them you don't need anything 
but you do need to, like, if you say, if you don't clean this up, which I don't think agree with saying in this way, but many parents will do. If you don't clean this up, then we are not going to the park. Well, you're planning on meeting your friends at the park as well as theirs, right? Yeah. And so sometimes that's a release and they wind up going to the park anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's not what has your child learned? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't give a consequence that you're not willing to follow through on. I've seen parents, I'm leaving, I'm going to go. <laughs> and, and it might work with, you know, at first it'll work well with many kids, but then they figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm going out the door <laughs> and you go out and you find yourself sitting in the car, in the garage, feeling stupid as you're waiting for these kids to come running out. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. When the kids have learned very well, she's not leaving me. Mm-hmm. I like the timer and let them hold the timer. When the timer goes off, we have to pick up, get your shoes on. We're going to go wherever. And the, and they have control of the timer of holding it and making sure. And then when it goes off, Oh, hooray, the timer went off. So what does that mean we're going to do now? They love having that control of holding the timer. I think it can be really helpful for young kids who, you know, we we're, we as adults can understand the passage of time and they're still developing those skills. So when you right. have that visual there, that's something tangible that's making something that is very abstract, a tangible thing that they can mm-hmm. use to understand again, understand time and understand routines and Mm -hmm. understand those expectations. Right. Well, and too, the minute you say, or, or we're not going to the ice cream store, or you're going to stay in your room, or then you've given them a choice. They just picked the one you didn't want them to pick, but you gave them that choice. Mm -hmm. And then you get mad when they pick one of the choices you gave, we get mad at them. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work, <laughs> you know, either. It's just going to be, oh, I see you chose to stay in your room. Okay. That's their choice. Right. Yeah. Oh, I see you chose not to have ice cream. That's fine. That was a choice. And then sometimes they'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll clean my room. I'll clean my room. It's like, well, I'm glad you're going to clean your room, but our time for ice cream is gone. So, but I'd love it if you clean your room. Mm-hmm. You could do it in that way. Yeah. I think that consistency thing is one of the, most challenging things and 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 also one of the more common things that where it's easy to just make an empty I don't want to say threat but like just say something without really thinking about all right can I can I follow through on this what is what is this really teaching my child and mm-hmm. can I show them that I'm consistent when I do this this thing and yeah is it really serving them? There's a couple things that we've we've talked about so far, the the, the good job and specific feedback, and then also mm-hmm. just following through with, with what you're going to say and being specific. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really helpful. And obviously, they can listen to the episode if yes. they want to hear more. What episode number is that on your show? That one is episode number four. Episode four. So if you want to hear more about things to not do and what to do instead check that out on on dj's imperfect heroes show this is a good place to wrap up this first half of the interview but stay tuned for episode 
23, where I will share the second half of the interview. And also be sure to check out the Imperfect Heroes podcast. And also, if you're interested in some parent coaching, check out Little Hearts Academy. I will link to all of those in my show notes. Now that you've had a chance to listen to the conversation, I wanted to also remind you about the Time Tracking Journal. In this conversation, we talked a lot about how important it is to explain to your kids what your expectations are and also give them clear feedback about good behavior, clear specific feedback. And then a final thing that we also mentioned was the importance of tracking time and how it's so important to give kids a strategy to understand how long certain tasks take, understand what they need to do specifically step by step in order to be successful during those tasks, and also understand how they know when they're done with whatever it is that they're doing. Cleaning your room is a great example because a lot of times parents can say, go upstairs, clean your room, but the child doesn't necessarily understand what done looks like and doesn't have a strategy to know step-by-step how to do it. So as a result, they might not do it in a way that the parent would like and an argument results. So it's so important to be able to give your kids a strategy and support them through some of those independent tasks that they have to do on a day-to-day basis. So that's what I show you how to do with the time journal. Again, I just walk you through a strategy for helping kids sense time and understand the steps that they need to take during those day-to-day tasks and also to be able to tell if they're on track and doing things in a way that is going to help them be successful. So to grab that time tracking journal, all you need to do is go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash time journal, and you can sign up. Again, that's drkarendudekbrannon.com to grab your copy of that time journal and learn that strategy. So thank you so much again for listening. Be sure to check out DJ's podcast, Imperfect Heroes. And also stay tuned for episode 23, where I will share the second half of our interview. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in episode 23. simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments without just teaching to the test, you can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com backslash BE to learn how IXL's research-based teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. 
That's IXL.com backslash B-E. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into the master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE.